0: Thanks again for tuning in. Now, this episode is just power-packed with money and cash-saving tips from a CPA's expert perspective. My guest today, Mr. J.T. Pells, gives us all kinds of information, immediately actionable steps that you can take today, maybe things that your current CPA or tax professional is missing, things about your kids working in your business and monies that you can obviously pay to them and even invest for their future that'll save your company money and will literally have your family work for you financially and in your business. Everything about home office deductions and monies that you might be missing, renting out a space in your home for board meetings and getting a tax benefit. The difference between a tax credit and um, obviously, a tax deduction are huge. And like JT says, a tax credit is like a deduction on steroids. This episode is just full of information that if you're a business owner, a small restaurant owner, even a restaurant group owner, this is for you. So don't miss it. Thanks to our sponsors of this week's episode. Thank you, audience, once again for tuning in. Listen on. <laughs>
1: You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin.
0: Rockstars, the busiest time of the year is coming. Is your staff ready for the holiday rush? Well, this year, give your team the gift of pop menu AI answering, a simple solution for phones ringing off the hook. AI Answering handles calls 24-7, 365 days a year, so your staff can focus on in-person guests. Customize your greetings and responses, answer common questions, promote specials and events, and send follow-up links to ordering and reservations. AI Answering handles it all, while escalating more complex conversations back to your team. Now, never miss another tasty revenue opportunity. Pop Menu is the marketing technology platform designed to make growing your restaurant easy. Discover more AI restaurant tools that turn your to-do list into an already done list. Request a demo today, and my listeners for a limited time will get $100 off their first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go now to popmenu.com rockstars. Again, get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com rockstars. Listen, from one restaurateur to another, and I hope you GMs out there listening as well are paying attention. You know, marketing should never be an experiment. Oh, I tried this or I tried that. No, any of your valuable dollars that you spend on marketing should absolutely be trackable. You should know exactly where the business is coming from and that it's driving return on your investment. You spend a certain amount of money, you want to make far more money in return from that marketing if you can track it so pay attention My friend Dyson runs a business called The Birthday Club, and his program is done for you because we know that everybody dines out on their birthday. It's a tradition. It's a celebration. But not only do they not come in by themselves, they bring many friends with them. They usually have free spending and large check averages. It's very profitable business. So why leave it to chance? Why let your competitors get all the birthday business? So again, The Birthday Club is a done-for-you program. All you have to do is check out www.jointhebirthdayclub.com slash birthdayrockstar. It's a great program. If I still owned and operated restaurants today after decades, it's something I would definitely be doing. But it's worth checking out. So check it out. Jointhebirthdayclub.com slash birthday rock star hey jt welcome to the show today how you doing thanks for being here
1: yeah thank you roger i'm doing real well i'm excited to be here and uh we're going to talk about some uh, good good tax and accounting strategies for a lot of the restaurant listeners or restaurant owners that are listening to us today so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun and give you guys some good tips Well, you know, accounting and taxes and tax planning are not the most exciting
0: topic, but you seem like a really interesting guy. And I know that you're going to add a lot of juice to this episode. But it is critically important, you know, putting yourself in the best financial position literally every week, every month, every year is so vital to the bottom line of restaurants because the margins are so slim and you're working so hard. It's like, why not keep as much money as you can? And I know that's your philosophy. So glad to have you here.
1: No, so yeah, just like you said, yeah, you want to keep as much money as you can. So go ahead. Awesome. You know, I found
0: your website really interesting because you had some really cool testimonials. And one was, <laughs> you know, one of the Shark Tank guys said that he'd hooked me up with his account. And I said, nope, I got my guy. <laughs> and then in other, another place called you the tax quarterback. So tell us about, there's some personality behind that, but clearly yeah. people really, um, welcome the advice they've gotten you've saved them lots of money you've made a big impact in their businesses but why the tax quarterback is that kind of a moniker that now
1: you sort of hang on the wall um a little bit i have to give. i have to give uh credit to my partner drew um he's the one i think that kind of came up with They both did i think i said it to a client or maybe he did where the client was complaining saying you know i get this advice from my accountant or my cpa but They just like give me like really vague generalities like, ah, you should do this. You could do this. You can do that. Bunch of if thens. So I said, well, I'm going to quarterback this for you. You're going to do this, this and this, and I'm going to do it for you. How does that sound? And he's like, okay. And I think when I said the word, I'm going to quarterback it for you. That's how it came. And now I tell people I'm the quarterback. You're the receiver. I'm just going to throw it to you. All you got to do is you run to where I tell you, you catch it and go from there. Because I've found that most I've been doing this for years. Most CPAs, like I said, they just give you the if-thens. Well, you can do this if you do this. If you do that, it's like, no, tell me what to do. I'm coming to you. So I think that's how it started. Now, every accountant or
0: CPA has to follow what is called generally accepted accounting principles. And some are more conservative than others. And there's always that question of how far can we push things without stepping over the edge where we become audited or we're in some sort of legal challenge that, you know, and a lot of restaurant owners based on the margins want to push the envelope. Is there a fine line between pushing the envelope or what is really something that you can do and it's not a problem like in your best advice?
1: Um, actually, so I like what you said. Gap was good. Generally accepted accounting principles. I actually tell people I'm the most conservative accountant or CPA in the world. I just follow what's in the internal revenue code. And we actually tell people the internal revenue code or IRC is actually a playbook for people to live low taxed. It's We just follow everything that's in the guide. We don't toe the line. We don't cross it. We just say if this if the IRS allows it we take it to the fullest extent. So that's why I tell people, and I tell them, as long as you're not doing anything illegal, doing anything shady, you have nothing to worry about? I'm here for you, and I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. Okay, that's cool. So what
0: should our audience expect to learn from you today? I mean, we're going to cover a lot of ground, of course, mm-hmm. but you know what's really, really important, and and what, what do you want um, our audience to take away from today's episode?
1: Um, I think it's the biggest thing I want people to know is that you can significantly lower your taxes by doing things you're already doing within your business. So we're going to help you kind of uncover things that you're doing. We're just going to kind of help you record them essentially on right. your books and how to go about that. And that we generally, I'm pretty good at generally looking at a tax return from somebody and pretty much picking out about 20,000, 20 to $30,000 minimum that you could rearrange. And I'd say saving taxes. I'm pretty good at looking at a return.
0: Okay. Well, here's a question for you. Um, A lot of our audience have been working with a tax professional for years. A lot of our audience are just starting new restaurants or new businesses and that sort of thing. Does it take time for someone like you to really understand someone's business and perhaps their past tax returns to really understand how you can help them best. Is there a learning curve or you just have so much expertise that you've seen things a thousand times before you can sort of make connections between what they've done, what they might have missed, and immediately be able to understand the business in order to help, if that makes sense?
1: Um, it's a little bit of both. For the most part, in terms of accounting and taxes for restaurants, yep, everyone's pretty much the same there's not like chipotle is going to have the same accounting software accounting practices that like a mom and pop shop is going to have maybe a little less waiters but for the most part the accounting side is going to be pretty similar um normally what i like to do is i like to look at your past two or three tax returns just to kind of see you know what type of entity you have basically what you're not doing and kind of like i said within the first five to ten minutes i can Pretty much pick out about twenty to thirty thousand dollars in deductions that you should be doing now. So I'm, oh, I'm you got good my at attention. That yeah, that, that should get everyone's
0: attention. It's like okay, oh, yeah, that's yeah. going to make that's going to move the needle oh, huge, on yeah. on your situation for sure. So you've got sort of a slogan about living tax free. <laughs> Tell mm-hmm. us to the extent that that's possible, and sort of explain what you mean when you say that.
1: Yeah. um, It is very possible to live tax-free. It does take work. I'm not going to sit here and lie Mm -hmm. and say, I can just do some witchcraft and there you go. You don't have taxes. It does take work. Um, But one of the ways is kind of, like I said, making your personal expenses business. Now, now I don't mean by lying or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. here's a real easy one. A lot of restaurant owners actually don't do this. Um, A lot of restaurant owners don't take advantage of the home office right? I'm sure you're at home. We actually had a client, they are in, they're in the Midwest here. And then um, I asked him, I said, do you guys have a home office? She's like, yeah, kind of. And I said, well, what do you mean kind of? And like, I'm really good at asking and probing these questions. And so the more she explained it, she's like, well, actually in my garage, right when the shutdown happened, um, we knew a supplier and we bought like, you know, I went out and bought an industrial fridge, put it in my garage and I stored meat because you know I didn't know when we'd have it and I st- it was huge. It took up, I was like, Oh, well then you do have a home office. Cause now like half your garage is your workspace. She's like, uh-huh. Oh, I never thought of that. And then I kind of see her smiling. Like, Oh, I never thought of that either. Um, and then same thing with her home office. Like, yeah, I have a home office, but I thought that I couldn't have one if I have a, a retail or a, a physical space. And I said, no, that's not true. It's and I, we looked, I looked right in the internal revenue code. And I said, here it is. It's right there. She's like, Oh my god i've been missing she's like what do you think i've been missing in deductions last year i'm like well i'm guessing you could probably write off at least six or seven hundred dollars a month in your home office expense and she's like so that's what is that like seven thousand dollars i said yeah probably she's like oh my god i've just missed like twenty thousand dollars last three years i said yep then there's other ones where you can actually if you own your home you can rent your home to your restaurant to have board meetings to have team parties, to have social media shoots, and it's all tax-free and tax-deductible to you. This so is then, great stuff. Yeah. And th- like that's why I say it's personal stuff you're already doing, right? You already have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. You probably have a business partner. A lot of times it's a family member. Yes. You're probably coming over to discuss business. Well, now you can just rent your house to your, you and your partner to have a business me- uh, board meeting every month. Let me ask you, let's take that a little yeah. deeper.
0: Uh, We'll talk about the home office deduction. We'll talk about renting out your house for board meetings Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Do you have to specify a certain accurate, fairly accurate square footage of the space actually used and then apply that to not just the rent, but say a portion of the utilities and the maintenance Mm -hmm. expenses and all that kind of stuff, depending on the percentage of that square footage to the total square footage of the house itself?
1: Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head. So okay. you would take, let's say your home is a thousand, just for easy numbers, mm-hmm. a thousand square feet. And then you determine that a hundred feet of that is used for your home office, you know, fridge, whatever you or industrial fridge, whatever you're doing. Yes. So then you would be able to take 10% of your mortgage interest, your rent, um, HOAs. If you have them, you t- basically any, as I say, any shared expense. So like, like I said, your mortgage interest, rent, HOAs, utilities, um, if you have a cleaning service come in, um, insurance, you know, things like that. So we typically find that most restaurant owners aren't doing that because they've never been told them kind of like, I see you kind of nodding your head a little bit. I've never done that.
0: I, I owned restaurants for 20 something years and I never (laughs) got that advice. So thank you.
1: It's no. And I find that a lot of accounts and and you can tell me if this was in your, in your Mm -hmm. particular case, most accountants meet with their, or sorry, most business owners meet with their accountants like, you know, March 15th, right? Right before the deadline. And at that point, it's kind of too late. Like yeah. I can't go back and say, yep. Hey, Roger, remember, like, did you do that last year? No. Okay. Well, let's do it this year. And then I'm going to go talk to this next guy who's coming in in five minutes. So Roger, see you later. Here's your taxes. Here's Joe done. And you're like, right. what did JT just say? I have no clue. And then you're like, "Oh, well, wait it till next year. Then you come in. That it's just, it's a vicious
0: cycle. Yeah. We always, we always sat down and did tax planning like early November.
1: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So
0: we could go back and make changes and shifts before we closed the books out before I then turned it over to my CPA. So sure. That's really good advice also.
1: Yep. Yeah. You want to be meeting and I have different restaurant clients where we're meeting some meet monthly, some meet quarterly and like Mm -hmm. we're reviewing the books and say, Hey, like what's coming up, what's down the pipeline. Like, and we would just want to be ahead of it because you know, it, it does happen fast. And you know, as we're talking here in August, we've got five months left. So if you don't have your books up to date, if you haven't been writing off your home office, like we got to do that now. Like this this is the time to do it.
0: Yeah, we always found November was a good time because yep. you know, 90% of the year was over. He could see our mm-hmm. revenues, he could see our expenses, yep. he could see what we might be missing. And yeah, we got we got really good tax position advice doing that. Um, This whole board meeting thing triggered another thought. Everybody that owns a restaurant or a small business of any kind has a car. They're probably paying a car payment on it. Can we deduct that for the business if it's say lettered with logos? Because I'm a huge believer in brand building. Mm -hmm. And I drove a pickup truck that was lettered from front to back with a logo of our business and our website and all that kind of stuff. And there was an... You know there was a deduction there. Granted, the company owned and leased my vehicles, which mm-hmm. has some sort of a uh, a connection there. But let's just say the average restaurant owner listening to this is driving a car to work. How can they get any benefit out of that car if the company isn't actually paying for that car? Do you suggest that the company buy the car or make the
1: payments if they logo it up, or what would you say? That um, the easiest way I would say is so one, if you just have one car for yourself, you know, and there's one car that you're driving to and from the restaurant and then you obviously have your personal stuff you know like you take your kids to little league of course um, i would not have the car co- i would not necessarily have the company buy the car uh there's a few reasons why one your insurance will go up because now you're driving a commercial vehicle mm. rather than a personal mm-hmm. vehicle thank you yep. um putting the um putting the logo on your car it actually doesn't make it hundred percent deductible there's a fa- there's been court cases all around for years Now the logo is deductible, but it doesn't mean that every second you're driving, it's advertising. Sure. So there, so that one versus business, use, you need a percentage
0: again of how many miles a year are you driving? Literally business legitimate Mm -hmm. purposes versus I'm driving the kids to little league. Correct. The easiest
1: way I would tell people to track their miles is I know it's, it's tedious. It's like, I'm not going to sit here. There's actually an app. It's called mile IQ. I think it's like 30 bucks a year. And as long as you're driving with your phone, which now that we're all driving with them, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes I'm looking at it as I'm driving. It's not good. Don't don't do that. But as long as you have it, that phone will track every single mile you drive. So now you don't have to, now you can take that report. You could turn it into your CPA, your tax repair, whoever's doing it. Like, oh, how much did you drive? Here it is. And it's totally backed by the IRS. So I would say it's the best. And then you'll know how much you can write off on your taxes each year okay so that that's the way i would do it if you have a separate car then by all means you can have the restaurant drive it you can have or drive it you can have the restaurant own it and lease it like you said mm. um there's benefits to leasing it versus buying but um for the most part as long as you have a car that's used 100 for business you can have the the business own it excellent great advice what common mistakes do you see
0: say restaurant or small business owners making that you're like, you kind of shake your head and say, I can't believe it, but it it comes up time (laughs) and time again. And suddenly the light bulb goes off when you tell them and you're like, Oh my God, I've been doing that for years. Eureka. It's like, thank you. It's like, do you see any common mistakes, things that people should absolutely be doing aside from what we just talked about with the home office thing and, Mm -hmm. and renting out your house?
1: Um, I, those are ones, I think an easy one is bookkeeping. You know, a lot of restaurants, don't do it throughout the year. because so I get a lot of, and whether it's restaurants or not, they come to me, it's new clients will come to me in June. And I say, okay, what are you making this year? And it's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, can't plan if I don't know, but I'm actually going to give you one better. Cause that's everybody says bookkeeping. And obviously it's very important. Like that's the backbone of everything. But one, I think that every restaurant owner and business owner, regardless, and I may not make some mistake, but doesn't know. And I want to go back to what I said about doing things you're already doing, just not, using them tax advantage-wise. Um, every business, I always tell them, you should hire your children to work in your business. Now, that does not mean that they're carrying around plates at five years old. That That's not what I mean. Not anything like that. Nothing dangerous. But restaurant owners are actually in a very unique position where you can hire your, I don't know if I would say infant, but let's say under seven-year-old kid to work in the business. Taste testers. It's a real job. You have to taste the kid's menu. That's real, right? You're not going to just make something and put it out and not taste it, right? Excellent. There's yeah. real jobs. So you can actually pay them. It's tax deductible to your business. It's tax free to them up to four, or $13,850 this year. So you can get a $13,850 tax deduction this year. You can pay it to your child who will also not pay taxes on it. And then they can take that money, put a portion of it into an IRA, a Roth IRA, where it's tax-free again, if you do that for 17 years up until they're 18, that will easily turn into like 4 or $5 million. Wow. That's they, huge right there. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And every kid works in their parents' business in some way, shape, or oh, form. Oh, yeah. In, in, some way, in some way. Yes. Right. In some way, shape, or form. So you can do that. Now, it's, it's a real job. They're going to have a job description, a W-2, all that stuff. You're gonna have an agreement. Money changes hands. It goes from your business to their personal account. But that's something. And then you can actually have your kids pay for their little league out of that. They could pay for groceries. So now you've just made every like your kids gonna buy. You're gonna have to buy groceries for your child, right? They're gonna go to little league. They're gonna go to camp, field trips, all that stuff. So now you have just turned little league into a tax write off, just because you took a little bit of time and said, "Well, they're already working for me. I can just." pay them oh. and now you've kept that money in your business or in your business in your family yeah, in your family of exactly the yep.
0: is there an age in different states i mean can kids do this at age 15 say because that's the minimum working age with a school work permit kind of yeah. thing if your kids are literally i mean tell yep. us about that boundary yeah. line
1: um i don't know about every single state i'm here in in iowa so i'll say how it works here and i know it works mm-hmm. in the neighboring states like nebraska minnesota okay. um mm-hmm. south dakota and Missouri and I'm pretty sure most states are similar. If you're working in your parents' business, you can work basically from the time you're born because we have a farming history. So like, you know, like when you had wow. kids in the 1800s it was to work sure. on the farm. Right, right. So yes, here you can work in your kids' business or sorry, in your parents' business uh-huh. as much as you want because the from the local authorities from the unemployment and labor boards here in Iowa and I know the neighboring states is your kids probably not going to sue you. And you're also probably not going to have your kid like, like dumpster diving or like doing something dangerous. Sure. So they're like, mm-hmm. as long as now you can't go work for somebody else, but they can work in your business. All right. That makes so perfect that's, sense. So I would say for most states, I know mm-hmm. Wisconsin is similar. Um, I know Illinois is similar that. As long as you're working for your parents, you're going to be fine. Yeah. we honestly, most states aren't going to care because it's, it really is up to the kid to complain. Sure. And I just really don't think you're going to put your child in a dangerous situation.
0: No, of course not. But this is, no, this is really immediately actionable advice. And it's good advice
1: that most people
0: have not heard before. And the last one, wow. I mean, you got to plan ahead for your kids' futures and what an amazing way to do it. I mean, wow. And again, exponentially over time, Mm -hmm. money grows and Oh, yeah. By the time your kid's graduating from high school, if they get a couple million bucks in the bank, I mean, whoa, that was very powerful information.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's not only that, um, you can put you don't have to put it in a Roth. You can, I know, I have clients, they have a, they had an infant child last year. They do um, dog training, all online dog courses, and their kid is in the videos. Like, some of the training videos have to do with, like, how to, like, train a dog to behave around an infant. Their infants in it. So they, at the age of, I don't know, six months, I guess, they made like twelve or $13,000 just for being in the videos. It's it's still all recorded. They get, you know, W-2 at the end of the year, and that money's just going to sit there. They don't want to put it in a Roth because they're not sure if they want to do that because their, advi- their advi- advisors told them something different. But I mean, even if it just sits there, that's like a hundred and, well, no, it's going to be well over a hundred. That's going to be like $250,000 or something that they'll have when they're 18 just to awesome. They really want to buy a house or go yeah, to college or exactly Oh, that's phenomenal.
0: Let's talk briefly about yeah. Roths versus traditional IRAs uh-huh. because business owners can sometimes catch themselves in cash shortages or the unexpected happens like the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you might have a significant amount of money in a traditional IRA. And now suddenly you need to pull money from somewhere and there it is, but there's a penalty attached to that Unless you're mm-hmm. at age sixty five, if I still understand the rules, but a Roth yeah. IRA is completely different, where you can put the money in and and take it out. Like, why are, why is there such a difference between a Roth and a traditional? What are those differences, and why mm-hmm. is there no penalty or little penalty for taking money out of yeah. a Roth versus a traditional? Could you give us the sort of a crash yeah. course in IRAs?
1: Yeah, yeah, the kind of fifty thousand foot overview. So, traditional yeah, IRA, when you put that money away. Um, you get in a meet. So if you put, I think the or the maximum this year is about sixty five hundred. So if I put sixty five hundred in a Roth or sorry in a traditional account right now, I get to take sixty five hundred dollars off of my taxes this year. When I take the money out, then I pay the taxes. So that's why you're saying. So you you feel like you're getting punched. It is because you're paying the the regular tax rate, which is like you know twenty percent for most people, and then on top of that, you're getting another ten percent early withdrawal penalty. For a Roth IRA, I can put the same amount in 6,500 or about 6,500. If I take that money out, I don't pay the income tax. I've already paid it. I would pay the the 10%. So that's why it doesn't feel like nearly as much. Those are kind of the easy ways. I actually, depending on the age and the, and the lifestyle of my client, I actually don't recommend, uh, IRAs to most clients. I actually don't do that because like you said, I don't like, I don't like tying that money up and it's just like oh crap like like you said what if something happens and it's like shit, i gotta wait another or shoot i gotta wait another 20 years you know and then um or i have to pay this penalty now obviously you can borrow against it but that's there's a limit it's only fifty thousand dollars you have to pay it back within five years so i actually like to have clients diversifying what they do now i'm not a financial advisor by any means but i work with a lot of them and they kind of help my clients navigate what they should be doing with with their savings
0: let's talk quickly about the employer retention tax credit because there's been Mm -hmm. so much hype about that and so many owners have it's been like a hail mary for our industry for so long but i heard a statistic the other day that like 80 percent of businesses out there whether the restaurants or small businesses still haven't taken advantage of it yet this program has been going on now for about a year and a half is do you come across that much? Do you see that the people you work with have taken advantage of it? Or are there still people that don't know what it is?
1: I would say it's about half and half. Um, I would say most people know what it is. I would say about half the people have taken advantage of it. Half the people have been told they can't. Um, now I'm gonna stick specifically to restaurants. Yes, like please most of them qualify. Is when it came out uh yeah, about two or three years ago, or no, during the pandemic when it came mm-hmm. out, um, you there were basically two criteria if you had a loss of revenue which most people did of then you course. qualified there's yep. different markers but long story short if you made less money over compared to 2019 or if you had a shutdown like if your if your business was shut down by government mm-hmm. ordinance which most restaurants or or not even shut down just changed which all restaurants were changed right you had to go to all all takeout maybe all outdoors if you're in California shutdown So most restaurants just inherently qualify. Like it's very hard to not qualify unless you open at the end of 21. But as long as you kept your staff on or kept your staff on payroll between um, April of 2020 and September of 2021, you do qualify. And like you said, there's some pretty big numbers. Like I just had a client, they got approved, I think, for like 80 or 90,000 dollars. And they were like so happy and they were like, oh my God, thank you for recommending us to do this because like our last accountant told us that we didn't qualify. And I was like, no, pretty sure you do. Um, I at another restaurant client. They just got approved, I think, for like 55,000. So it just, it depends on like how many people you have on staff, how long you kept them. So there's all of kinds course. of qualifications. But I would say if you're a restaurant owner and you're listening to this and you have not applied for it, definitely try Like just ask your accountant. They'll tell you. And if not, you can always ask me. We have a landing page, something special for all of our ge- our guests, all of our listeners on this episode, and we'll we'll throw it out at the end. But make sure you sign up for that, and then you can get in touch with us if you've been told no. Because, like I said, most restaurants are going to qualify. I can't think of any that wouldn't qualify as long as you kept your doors open, you kept people on staff from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. You you're going to qualify, and we do want to start applying for it because I think. um after basically december 31st of 2023 you lose out on half the credit for 2020 and then next year it sunsets so we want to be doing this like like now and it does take about five to six months to get back so so guys if you're listening out there and if you haven't applied please do it asap because um like roger said it is it's free money it's a lifeline now you do have to amend some taxes from the years back you might owe a little bit of taxes but for the most part it's it's free money if you're going to get back eighty thousand dollars after paying a little bit of back tax, you're gonna walk away with like probably 85% of that. And who all who couldn't use 85% of $90,000? Exactly,
0: exactly. It was a lifeline for, yeah, just oh, before yeah. the pandemic, I bought another restaurant not oh, knowing what was coming. And I've been through well, all that sort of thing. And, yeah. and it was definitely a hail Mary for our business for sure. And we got a significant amount of money back. So yes, thank you for your advice. And if you haven't yeah. done so, now's the time before things change. Mm-hmm really quickly. So that's great. Let's talk about your style. And yeah. when you start to work with a new client, like tell us through mm-hmm. the onboarding process, the get to know you process, because you're, you're a very personable, friendly kind of guy, like there's trust there just in me talking yeah. to, you, but tell us about how you work with a new client and how long that process takes, and then how you get them comfortable with your style and, and your approach mm-hmm. to tax planning and, and tax preparation.
1: Um, I think one thing, you know, from first meeting before they on board, one thing I like to tell people when they first meet me is if you don't know anything about taxes, it's okay. I'm not here to judge you. I went to school for this. I have an accounting degree, CPA license, all the fancy stuff. You guys didn't, and it's okay. Please ask me any question. And if you have to ask me the same question four or five times, that's on me. That means I'm not explaining it correctly. I'm not walking you through it. So I immediately put people at ease when I say that. And then I normally say something, you know, like that's why people like working with me because I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to make you feel stupid. Some CPA, some accountants will be like, God, Roger, what are you doing? You didn't know to commingle your stuff. Like, that's stupid. It's like, well, no, he's, he's trying to, his his job is to go make money, not to be a, an accountant. That's my job. So I immediately put people in and say, please just relax. I'm not here to chastise you to make you feel stupid. I want to work with you. I'm on your team. And then after that, we. Kind of go through. I look at the books, you know, kind of see where there's room for improvement that could benefit you. Most people are doing it right for the most part. They're just not optimizing it. So I go on and optimize it. Kind of like I said, you know, hiring your kids. If you have three kids, it's thirty or forty thousand dollars that we need to write off. Like you said about the cars, if you're driving to and from work, we need to make sure you have that home office to get that back. And generally, like I said, I can pretty much find people like 50, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like thirty thousand dollars right away so yeah people great. seem to like that they're like oh my god i've never thought about that and we actually didn't get into my favorite part which a lot of people don't do are um tax credits now tax so a lot of people say tax credits and tax deductions they kind of use them interchangeably um i'll say this i'm not going to go into nitty-gritty of it but the easy way to say it tax de- or tax deductions, tax credits they are tax deductions on steroids i will say that and oh, restaurants like that. are a restaurants are a treasure trove of tax credits i'm going to go over three really um ones that get missed a lot for most restaurants um number one and i would say for all the restaurants you've owned would you say that you've had a lot of tipped employees yes tremendous okay. amounts probably
0: 50 in my largest restaurant were tipped employees
1: okay so if you have tipped employees and they're and you're reporting it on their w-2 which you should be mm-hmm. um and if you're not you know we'll go back and change that, but if you have w2 employees that receive tips you actually get a tax credit for that so i'm going to give you an example one of my clients um they they're open i think 4 days a week from thursday to sunday um and they have i think i want to say like five or six tipped employees uh waiters waitresses, bartenders and they actually qualified for like $15,000 in tax credits every year they were never taking them and i was like wait a minute um you know Riley, why are you not doing this? Like, I don't know. Nobody told me. And I was like, so we went and amended and he got back like you go back for three years. So it was like forty five thousand dollars in tax credits that they got that they didn't. Awesome. Know. And and every every restaurant that has one, you guys qualify for this. So make sure you ask your accountant. It's called the FICA tip credit. Everybody applied. Everybody has them. Yeah,
0: we definitely um, got that in all of our yeah. restaurants for sure. But I'm I'm a little surprised to hear that other restaurants aren't getting that if they have tipped employees. I mean who have they been working with? It's like, yikes, that seems like a really basic thing.
1: It's a lot of it is, so if you use a, a payroll tax or payroll tax, payroll provider, oh, you know, like Gusto, yes. ADP, mm-hmm. they actually prepare the forms for you. Yeah. It's just that, you know, like you, you don't, you don't, you have no idea. And your accountant, if you go to them in April, they're just like, hey, Roger, give me your PL balance sheet. And you give it to them. They didn't ask you for this other form that your payroll company. So then, you know, they're trying to do it at the 15th hour. Or the 25th hour and then you get one so they don't know most restaurant owners don't know to ask for that so if you're if you have a payroll provider i use gusto for a lot of my clients they calculate it for you Mm -hmm. just ask them for it they'll send it to you give it to your accountant um the next one that a lot of them don't is the research and development credit now you might be thinking research and development i'm not building spaceships what are you talking about au contraire um if you if you're a restaurant and you brew your own beer you actually get to take a tax credit for that wow because it's unknown no. so a lot of restaurants you know new if you're creating new restaurant items new menu items that counts too so like I said it's things you're already doing but most accountants don't specialize in that so those are the two yeah I would say the third one is another called the work opportunity credit so if you hire there's a whole bunch of classes but basically mm-hmm. if you hire like somebody that was in the military yes if they just got out you can take a tax credit for them up to I think like ten thousand dollars um different and then other like disadvantaged backgrounds like if some if you have people like on ebt cards um if you have people on um like that just got out of prison stuff like that so those are three that restaurant owners typically qualify for in some way shape or form but they just don't so i see you smiling there i mean i had a client that had 15,000 in fica credits they had like 20,000 in r and i think they had like 5,000 in like Wattsy credits. So right there, that's like off the top of my head, that's like $60,000. And you asked me how you live tax-free by doing that. Awesome. That's terrific. Let's go back to the tax
0: planning process. Yep. Um, I just asked you how you start to work with a new client and understand yep. their their books. Uh, do you recommend that you start working with them on a quarterly basis as the year goes along and, and what should they be doing every quarter say yep. to be in the best position by the end of the
1: year yeah so i would definitely be meeting with a they would meet most of my clients they meet with me either quarterly or monthly mm-hmm. um, it just depends on how much they have going on but at least quarterly um and then you want to keep your books updated now what do i mean by that it's your quickbooks if you have a i recommend having a separate bookkeeper don't try to do it yourself that's not not smart Um, it's obviously one, it's not the best use of your time. It's actually a terrible use of your time, um, two, and it becomes accurate. The reason why you want those books accurate is when you come to me or your accountant or whoever you're working with, I need to know how much profit you're making. Cause if you're making a lot of profit, I'm going to tell you something different. If you're losing money, I'm going to tell you something different. And if you're giving like half cooked books, I'm giving half baked advice and it's nobody wins. So sure, kind of like that. Then the other thing is you want to open up to your account. You want to tell them exactly what's going on in your life. Kind of like how I talked about, you know, like are you married? Do you have kids? And it's like, "Oh, are your kids working in a restaurant?" Yeah, kind of. Okay, well, either they are or they aren't, and if they are, we need to get them on payroll. You know, are you using your car in business use? Yeah, all the time. Do you track your miles as if owned by the company? No. Okay, we're going to start now. You know, another thing like I'm sure you've talked about is diff- what's called entity selection. If you're an S corp, a C corp, we all hear these fancy words. I'm not going to go to like who should be an S corp, who shouldn't be, because there's all kinds of things. But you want to be asking your uh, tax advisor: Is my entity selection correct? And th- they'll normally tell you. For most, it's an S corp. For some, though, a C corp might make sense. For instance, I hear that you bought a, so, or you just said you bought a restaurant. Um, here's one for you. If- you kind of want to do that, or any of your listeners are buying restaurants. If you're in the business of buying a restaurant and you know you're probably going to sell it, you actually want to be a C Corp. Here's why. Excellent. Advice. Is that go ahead? If you buy if you buy a C Corp restaurant and you sell it in five years, you actually don't pay taxes on the first $10 million in capital gain. So if you bought a restaurant for a million today, sold it for $8 million in five years, that seven million dollars is tax-free. But if you had done it as an S corp, because everybody hears it on TikTok, Mm -hmm. they don't have that same exclusion, you're like, crap, now I just paid $6 million in taxes, or taxes on $6 million. So that's why like, I don't blanketly just say be an S corp, because it may it's not for everybody, you know, and there's there's all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't be. But that's an easy one, is you want to look at your entity selection. And then you want to just ask your accountant, like, is there anything else I'm missing, you know, like the home office, the Augusta or the renting out your home, the Augusta rule, if you want to set up a retirement account, do you want to have health insurance for everybody? There's all these things, and you want to be asking your account. And that's what we're meeting with. That's why I'm meeting with the, my clients on a quarterly basis. And that's what we're talking about. It's just like, how's business going? What are some different ideas? Like, you know, do you have like here's an easy one I think that you would attest to. I always ask clients, is and this is any business, not if be restaurants, but specifically, is like, do you have an email list? Are you taking like you know, like on the we all have the QR codes now on the tables, right for our menus, of course, um, yep, you should be having people sign up, yep, sign, they should immediately be signed up for your email list when they do that. And now you should be immediately and don't do this yourself, have somebody else do this, set up an email list. And now you have coupons going. like I who you talked to drew earlier, he does our email list. So people get emails from us every, I think it's three times a week, or maybe four times a week. And then all of a sudden they're like, when it's tax time, it's like, you know what? I got to talk, I got to talk to JT. I've seen his emails all the time. And it's going to be the same thing with your restaurant. If you can be in front of your client or client in front of your clientele, your customers, they're going to come in, you know, same thing on there. You can start rewards points or rewards programs on there. So that's kind of the things that I'm talking about. It's not just straight up taxes and like, let's make sure we're saving all taxes. Cause there's only so much in taxes you can save. It's at one point is what. What is your CPA bringing to the table? Are they helping you make money?
0: Here's one for you. A long, long time ago, like most restaurants obviously start out by leasing a space. You know, the majority Mm -hmm. of restaurants have these spaces. Obviously, Mm -hmm. some own the real estate. I'm a big believer in controlling your destiny and owning your real estate. So I leased for a couple of years. Decades ago. And then I literally bought land, built a building and owned the property. And back then, an attorney that I worked with suggested that I separate two different entities, the restaurant operating company from and and create a company for the property itself so that the liability is high in restaurants somebody sues you for slipping on the floor whatever if you've got all your cash parked in one restaurant company and you're subject to a lawsuit obviously you could be in in a problem but if that restaurant then pays the real estate property owner a significant amount of rent and you pull all that cash out of the operating company all you really have are you know basic weekly receipts or monthly receipts But all the equipment is owned by a separate company the building itself and you're literally renting do you consider that still to be a sound strategy and is there a limit to how much rent you can pay uh or is it excessive to say oh yeah every month it's a hundred thousand dollars because you want to get all the cash out of the business you know what i mean
1: no it's that's still smart i tell people that if you're gonna buy the restaurant or buy the the building the land you're gonna build on it Mm -hmm. you want one LLC to own the building and the land. And then you want the LLC to be operational. So you're gonna have two or three. You can rent mm-hmm. your equipment to yourself. Okay. In terms of the amount of rent that you want to pay yourself, it has to be market rate. So like you said, you can't right. just like if every if and you just want to look around like what are people paying in rent? It's pretty mm-hmm. easy to find out. You go on Zillow right. and go right and just ask somebody too. Um so if you're a restaurant here's here's one let's say you own the building, right? Own the land, own the real estate then there's a restaurant next door and it's a similar size building you would just ask them what do you pay in rent oh we pay ten thousand dollars or 20 whatever it is so then you would your restaurant would pay your llc twenty thousand dollars for rent gotcha. so it has to be market rate yeah you can't just arbitrarily big like, it's going to be a million dollars it's like well kind of and there's, there's like actually <laughs> yeah there's all kinds of actually good tax strategies when you own the building um i can nerd out and talk about it but if you also you want to live tax-free The first year that you buy your building, and if you have a successful year in the restaurant, you can actually pay $0 in taxes by owning the building. There's, there's so many things and same thing with the equipment. And this is actually a nice trick that I tell people, I do this myself. Um, every year I try to open up a a new credit card in my business name because then it allows me to pay 0% for the first year. So I can rack up all these now, not, not, not uh, irresponsibly by yes, any means, yes. but if you let's say you open up a new spot, right? You should immediately be applying for new business cards and they might give you like me an accounting firm. I think we have like $50,000. If you're a restaurant, I'm sure it's even more. So now I can spend everything on the credit card for $50,000. I don't have to pay it back or I've paid the minimum, but I don't have to pay a large portion of it back for a year. And now all of a sudden I've gotten this huge tax write off for money that I didn't even spend. And now I'm not paying any taxes. So there's, there's so many ways. And I tell all restaurants, if you don't have a credit card, please open one up. If you can, open up two or three. Now, again, don't be irresponsible. Don't spend more than you can afford, but you might as well give yourself that cash flow. And if you can, and typically once you've done one, they're going to give you another credit card because you have a credit history built up. So you want to do that and you want to make sure it's in your business name, not your personal name. So yeah, that's an interesting. I'm a big fan of credit.
0: Uh, so was I, you know, there were many times, especially when I was just starting out that we needed extra cash because things always cost more than you expect. And you borrow so much money from the bank to open this business. And then all of a sudden you're short on cash for working capital or slower seasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a couple of credit cards with zero interest, and then interestingly, if you monitor when those zero interest suddenly turns into 25%, you get these routine offers in the mail from other credit card Mm -hmm. companies that'll transfer the balance for another 12 months or nine or 10 months at 0%. And yeah, there's a fee attached to it, but it's well worth doing so oh, and yeah. just playing with other people's money is a smart strategy oh, yeah. as well giving yourself no, that I, benefit i'm big in that
1: yeah. you, and then you get the awesome. rewards points i mean there's yes. there's like i said there's when you ask me about oh can you live Work tax-free it. it's i think we've kind of gone over yeah. tax credits credit cards oh, sure. buildings i mean if you do those three things which mm-hmm. most people are already kind of doing just you just need a little guidance you can easily not pay taxes or pay very pay very little i should say
0: now here's something there's, there's something mm-hmm. on a restaurant chart of accounts, maybe not every restaurant, but I certainly had it and it was called sales discounts, and yep. that was something that was sold for less than full price. And then there's also comps when, oh, this person didn't like their meal and I had to take it off their check. Is there a way that we can capture a benefit for that at the end of the year? Cause that adds up significantly, especially if it okay. happens on a daily basis in your, in your
1: operation. Oh, you should be for the client, for the restaurants that we do bookkeeping for, we we capture every single one. You offset it against your income. So your POS system, like a lot of us are, there's what toast, Aloha, mm-hmm. um, square now. I mean, there, there's so there's, un- there's a ton of them, you know, I'm spot On's another one. It should give you a printout at the end of the night or the month you, you choose, and it'll give you those discounts. Your accountant should be capturing all of those. So that's one same thing with comps you have to enter and you know that you comped a meal and if you're doing your bookkeeping or if your bookkeeper's doing it not you because as owners like and i'll give you guys a secret i actually don't do my own bookkeeping it's not that i can't i'm very well capable of doing it of course is that if i'm gonna yeah. ask somebody else to do my books or if i'm gonna if i'm asking somebody for me to do the accounting i then can't be a hypocrite and say oh no i'm not gonna but i'm gonna do my own books to save money no So you should, every restaurant owner should be outsourcing it. That to me, that's mandatory. That's not even, that's not even a question. And we actually make it a rule in our office that you have to have an accounting software. If you don't have QuickBooks, if you don't have zero, if you don't have wave, we actually can't even talk to you because we're not even going to get the right information to it to give you the best benefit. So we want to do it for your benefit so that you guys get the best benefit from us.
0: Can you explain, because for many, many years, um, we had a benefit because we had Mm s-corps and based on our tax position at the end of the year there was something called basis that would accumulate and based on basis we could take shareholder distributions without paying tax Mm -hmm. on it out of the company now my businesses were seasonal they're open say four months a year and then there were eight months a year that my partner and i still paid ourselves and a good chunk of that time we took distributions based on our operating performance, but not everyone does that or even knows what it means. Can you explain basis and and what a distribution is and yeah. how you can legally take that if it if it works for your
1: tax situation? No, that is very true. So it's funny that you said I have two restaurant owners I can think of now. Um, they just take a W two check now. They're open all year round, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, like why don't you guys take a distribution? They're like, no, we don't need any more. So I'm like, okay, like you know, I can't. I can't make them, but to get back to basis, an easy way to say it, because there's all kinds of different accounting terms. The way I like to tell people is it's your equity in your business. So basically it's how it's if the restaurant were to close today or any business, if you were to close up shop, what would you walk away with? Right. You know, how much cash in the bank? How many assets do you own? Mm -hmm. And if you have basically money in the bank, like you said, you can take. a a draw or distribution, um, and you could take that tax-free up to your percentage. So if let's say you, Roger, and me, if we owned a restaurant 50-50, and there's $100,000 in the bank, and we want to take a $20,000 distribution, I take 10, you take 10. Yeah, it's got to be equal based on the
0: percentage of partnership. Yeah, gotcha. Okay.
1: But yeah, basis, I would say, is kind of like what your restaurant is worth or business is worth at Hmm. that time. Okay. That's that's the easiest way I would do it. There, like I said, there's all kind. There's like uh, debt basis, shareholder basis. There's different forms, but for the most part, it's how much do you have in the bank or what's your equity worth? And for all of us that don't know, it's kind of like you, you want to look at at your house, right? What's your house What's your house worth? Minus what you owe, the difference is your equity. So the basis of your house would be that same thing in your restaurant.
0: There could be some confusion between mm-hmm. a calendar year and a fiscal year when a company first sets up its mm-hmm. books. Can you explain the difference in how yeah. you like to work and what makes more sense mm-hmm. for say a restaurant?
1: Um, so if you're going to be an S corp, like kind of like you mentioned, you have to have a calendar a calendar year. So that means your tax year ends December 31st, starts, starts in January, ends in December. Like the traditional, the ball drops and all that stuff. Yes. So the year starts when they kick off the Rose Bowl The end of the year when they drop the ball so that's that now some companies they will elect to be a fiscal year so what you said so like you can actually run your tax year from like july to june now the reason why some people might do something like that or you could do september Mm -hmm. is maybe you're a restaurant in martha's vineyard right and everybody comes there basically from like or long island out there like in out there in the sound your basically your busy time is from Memorial Day to Labor Day. So that's when you would do your taxes. It would end, you know, September 30th, something like that. So that would be a reason why you would do that. And then your tax return would be due in uh if my math is right, like January. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So that would be that would be why somebody would do that. And and a lot of businesses do that. A lot of retail businesses, their year ends in April because Christmas is their big time, or their Christmas is their Black Friday um a lot of schools will do that they'll have their years go from July to June cuz that's when the school year school year gets out in June so there's all kinds of benefits to that um i would say mainly for restaurants the biggest one is if you have like a touristy restaurant and you're like i said you know like you're in Maine New England or probably even parts of Washington i'm sure that are like that where you have that seasonality and after September maybe you close up maybe you just have it slower so that would be one reason why you would do something like that
0: Terrific. That's great. We've covered quite a bit of ground today, JT. Have we missed anything? Yeah. Anything else you can tell our audience that might help them?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing, um, what I actually want to do for our audience, I think we had talked about, um, and we'll put the we'll put the show notes in everywhere. So um we have a landing page for you guys. It's JTPels.com slash rockstars. And there awesome. you can download a free ebook. It's gonna get it's tailored specific to the restaurant industry. Thank you. Awesome, and then you'll know basically the top five tax breaks that you guys can get. Some of you guys may be taking them, some of you aren't, but there's always something in there. And then, um, yeah, the biggest thing is uh, make sure you talk to your talk to your CPA before tax time, and ask them: Is there anything else I can do? Because I will tell you this: CPAs, accountants, they will not tell you what to do. They will just take your reports, do your taxes, send you on your way, and then when you get a big bill, you're like, "There's nothing else I can do." and typically there is like i said there is something so no i've enjoyed today and like i said make sure you download that ebook i know it'll be in the show notes um it'll be in the description and all that stuff absolutely if you guys are listening jtpels.com rockstars
0: Oh, that's so generous Who Thank you so much for your advice, your insights today, and the expertise. I learned a lot. You gave out some <laughs> huge nuggets, how people can obviously live tax-free and even reduce their taxes significantly. Oh, yeah. the, the kid thing was awesome. So tremendous oh, yeah. it's, it's value. a good one. Yeah. Well, it's been my pleasure, JT. Thanks for being on the podcast. No, thank you, Roger. I appreciate it. Okay, audience, thanks again for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We can't wait to see you in the next episode. So please stay tuned and stay well. Thanks, JT. Gosh, what an impact you're making in this industry and for our audience. It's amazing that you can look at someone's taxes and say, hey, I could probably save you tens of thousands of dollars at the end of the year. And all the things that you might be missing that are legitimate, not crossing any illegal boundaries, but just literally saving you money. And like you like to say, you work your ass off in this business Why not give yourself every advantage and make yourself as much money and keep as much money as possible. So amazing advice today. Thank you so much for being a great guest on the podcast. Thank you to our sponsors again of the show and thank you to our audience as always. Can't wait to see you next time, so don't miss it. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons. For fun, celebration, for family, for lifestyle. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high-risk, high-fail business. It's hard to find great staff. Costs are rising and profits are disappearing. It's a treacherous road and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants that I've now sold for millions of dollars. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. I created a game-changing system and it's filled with everything I've learned in over 20 years running super profitable, super fun restaurants. Everything from creating high-profit menu items and cost controls, to staff training where your teams serve and sell, to marketing hooks, money maximizing tips and efficiencies across your operation. What does this mean to you? More money to invest in your restaurant, to hire a management team, time freedom and peace of mind. You don't just want to run a restaurant. You want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy and I'll show you how it's done.
1: Thanks for listening to To the the Restaurant Restaurant Rockstars podcast. podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.